Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hello and welcome to another episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. Today's guest, well, she's a former TOWIE star. I actually met her years ago doing something for Copperfield. She is stepmom to three children, married to a man named Rio. It's Kate Ferdinand. Hiya. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Thank you for having me. You are manic at the moment. Super busy. I'm really loving it, though, to be honest. How are you? Just getting back into working and, you know, having a bit of time for myself. So I am really enjoying it. Yeah. So at the moment, you are in full-on promo. Yeah. Promote your book, Fitter, Happier, Healthier. Yes, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> what has it been like putting the book together? It's been amazing. Do you know what? I've worked out for years and years and years and years, and I've always wanted to share it, but I've never yeah. really known how. I share little clips on Instagram, but never really gone into too much detail. And I feel like, although I was on a reality show, mm. people don't really know the real me. So that's the, that's the joy of blooming reality TV, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> so at the beginning, it's sort of like a lifestyle book and it, it talks about me and my anxiety and like 
for the readers to understand me a little bit more. Yeah. And then it shares my exercise routines and healthy eating. And it's just, you know, I think a lot of people say to me, you're in the gym every day and you eat like nothing. I'm like, no, I love food. Yeah. But I like a balanced lifestyle and it's just getting that out there really. Yeah. And one thing that will have aired by the time this goes out is the documentary that you and Rio have made together. Yeah. Tell me about that. Oh, this has been really hard. We've Rio done an original documentary, Becoming Mum and Dad, mm-hmm. and this is now becoming a step family. Yeah. So it's the transition of us going into a step family, really, and taking on the kids and all becoming one, a unit, really, and taking on children that are grieving. And it's been a really long process, but it's been a really good journey. We've learned a lot. We've met a lot of people that have helped us and... It's been a really amazing experience. Were you and Rio together by the time the first documentary aired? He filmed it yeah. before I met him. Yeah. But it came out when I was with him. Yeah. So that was really difficult for me. Did you feel like you got a little bit of an insight of that time? I was a bit confused, if I'm honest. Really? Because I was in the honeymoon period with Rio. Yeah. And I knew he'd filmed this documentary, like, the year before. Yeah. But I didn't really know too much about it. And I found it really difficult to watch and... It was hard. The man that you're in love with is crying yeah. and he's grieving and you just think, wow, God. And I don't think when it come out I'd met the children or was with the children properly then. Yeah. So it was like, wow, this is a lot. Yeah. And how has it been filming the new documentary? It's been really good, but I feel like we've both been really open and honest and raw and that brings up a lot of emotions mm-hmm. because it's a really difficult situation to come into. I mean, the kids have lost their mum and Rio's lost his wife and then... The kids have lost their nan and Rio's lost his mum. So they've just lost two massive women in their lives. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, here's a new woman coming in, mm-hmm. trying to make everything happy. But they're grieving and I've taken on their grief. Yeah. So I feel like I know Rebecca. And it's just a bizarre, bizarre place to be in. But filming the documentary has really helped us. We've met like children that have lost their mum and they've given us advice, or their mums or dads, and they've given us advice on how to be with the kids. And we've met step families and blended families. And mm. it's just like when you speak to people in similar situations, they can really help you, don't they? They do. Just makes you feel better knowing that someone's going through the same thing. Because I think in any term of like parenthood, in any, in any space of it, you can feel like you're the only one going through stuff. But I imagine with step parenting, it's such, especially after a death, it must feel like you're the only ones going through it and it must be so delicate and you want to get it right and understand that actually sometimes you're going to get it wrong and that's okay. Yeah, and I just felt also really isolated Mm. because like all of my friends are younger. Obviously, Rue's a little bit older than me and all my friends were just having babies where all of a sudden I've got sort of like the older children. No one in my circle has got the same age kids so I've got no friends to go out with and I just felt in a complete situation that I had no control over if you know what I mean yeah so it's difficult so uh, what was your childhood like my childhood well I'm an only child (laughs) and my mum and dad divorced when I was three and I live with my mum if I'm being honest I've got a really big blackout of my childhood I only remember the bad things okay this is something that I've talked about in therapy because I've had therapy I don't remember a lot of it yeah some sort of coping mechanism but my mum and dad broke up when I was three I live with my Mm mum I saw my dad when I was younger and then as I got older, I didn't really have a good relationship with him. I had daddy issues. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we call it. Me and my friend are in the same situation. We've got daddy issues. And then I was an out-of-control teen, went off the rails. My mum was super, super strict and everything that she said I shouldn't do, i done. And I was really like, I used to run away from home. I used to get in lots of trouble and I had a really bad relationship with my mum because yeah. of that as well. 
I don't know if it was just me that felt this, but I felt really isolated and alone and misunderstood when I was a teenager. And am I right in thinking that your dad, you had a lot of stepmums yeah. sort of come in and... Dad's going to kill me. I think I might have had three stepmums, okay. maybe, yeah. And what were your relationships like with them? I didn't really have a really strong relationship with my dad, so that I never the really women had... women were just... Yeah, I didn't really have a relationship yeah. with the women. I've got... I'm now in contact with my dad again, and we've got a really good relationship, and we're building our relationship. Mm-hmm. And my stepmom now, I'm building a relationship with. But when I was younger, I didn't really have that type of relationship. So how I am a stepmom now, to my stepmoms are younger, it's, I see it completely differently. Yeah. Did you ever think forward to what a family might look like? I always thought I wanted a big family, but I never thought I'd get it this way. Yeah. It's just mad. When I think about it, I thought I'd have a big family, but having three stepkids and them losing their mum, I just never thought it would be in this way. Yeah. How did you and Mia meet? We met in Dubai. Nice. <laughs> I was with my friends and he was with a friend and his sister. And weirdly enough, his friends and my friends had met on the plane, so they <laughs> knew each other. Yeah. And we just got talking and just clicked from there, really. We just got on so well. How long was it before you met the kids? I met him in January and I'd say I met the kids like in April. Yeah. We wanted the kids to be involved in everything. Yeah. So it was sort of their decision. Rhea said, I like this girl. I've been around there a few times, like with other friends. So it looked like I was yeah. part of the furniture, really. And then Rhea would say, like, I like this girl. What do you think? And it was more their decision. Were you nervous about meeting them? I was so... It, it's really weird because the first time I met them, I was so nervous. I want them to love me. They don't even know who I am. <laughs> and they don't know that I'm talking to their well, dad. Well, at that point, you know probably so much about yeah. them. And they know nothing about me. I was yeah. just like the crazy lady that had a dog. I used to bring the dog everywhere I went. And I was so nervous. But that feels like a lifetime ago. It's crazy. But yeah, I just wanted them to love me, obviously. Knowing that they lost their mum, does that come with an extra pressure? Because you don't want to go into that relationship and into their lives in like a, oh, well, whatever happens, happens kind of manner. Because you know how important that role is. Yeah, I think there was no way I was meeting the children unless... Me and Rhea knew 100% that it was, like, it's serious. Yeah. Because I don't think if they met me and it didn't go well, they could cope with losing another woman. Yeah. So it was, this has to work. This is going to work. We're meant for each other and it will work. Yeah. And how was it when you actually moved in? Hard. It was it? <laughs> I think, like, I always try and think positive. Yeah. And I didn't really, if I'm being honest, yeah. think about how difficult it would be. I just thought, I'm fine. I'm a nice person. It'll be okay. Yeah. And then I moved in and I was like, whoa, it is going to be okay. But this is hard. It was so hard. I was living in, I talk about this in the documentary, a house, which was obviously Rhea and Rebecca's house. Mm -hmm. And there's all pictures on the wall of their wedding and everything. And it was really, really difficult, hard for me. I felt like I was living someone else's life. Yeah. And I wasn't already a mum. My life revolved around me and my dog really and I just would eat out all the time and I lived a really single life and all of a sudden I have to cook for three kids look after them make sure everything's okay and I it was really difficult I couldn't cook that's the thing isn't it because you moving in with someone is one thing but actually moving in with someone and then that role being there for you to sort of step into and take over and you know that's a lot hard it was a lot it was a lot, but I wanted to do that. Rio gave me the option, do you want to take on that full-time role? And I said, I can't be in your life yeah. and not be everything in the kids' life as well. Like, I want to be part of everyone's life. Yeah. Um, even, like, I know I keep saying about cooking, that's a really simple thing. Mm. 
but it's not when you don't know how to cook and the kids have got certain meals that their mum cooked and their nan cooked and I don't know how to cook them. Yeah. I feel like taste reminds you of someone. Yeah. And when all of a sudden this person's here and there's this awful taste coming, <laughs> it's just, it's not good. So yeah. school, getting all the timetables right and just... That's so much. Yeah. It's so much to take on. Like, I've got three kids and I know they're younger and I've been there from, you know, day one... I've done it one at a time and it's still so hard. There's so much to juggle. So I can't even imagine how overwhelming that must be. And I know you would have been there kind of dipping in and out anyway, but to actually have that become your world, it's so much. It was crazy. People would say, oh, I'm not going to work when I'm mum. And I'd be like, what's wrong with you? Like, And I didn't really give credit to mums. Yeah. And I felt like at that moment, the world was going to me, now you know what a mum does. Yeah. How did you manage to start making it feel like you were living your life rather than Rebecca's that, life? That took a long time, a really long time, because it's hard enough for me coming in to their house and the, their dad being with another woman. Mm. So we didn't want to disturb the house and how that was too much, but it got to a certain point where I'd have people coming round or even, like, workers in the house and they'd be looking and thinking, oh, the picture's on the wall. Like, is, yeah. is this your... And my friends would go to me, Kate, like... How are you living with this? This isn't right. Does he love you? Does he love you? And I'm like, but you don't understand because it's not about Rio. Well, it is, but it's about the children. That's their mum. So that was a really difficult... I guess that's a massive part of it, isn't it? It's her being there. It doesn't change anyone's love and acceptance of you, but it's, it's remembering her. Yeah. Once we decorated one room in the house yeah. and we all like come together and there was photos in a really like prominent place in the hallway. We all took a photo each and we made a room called Mummy and Nanny's room. Mm-hmm. So the photos are still in the house and yeah. they're in the kids' bedrooms, but it's just in one area so that it's more controlled because Rio was getting upset and I was getting upset and some of the kids didn't want to see photos all the time because yeah. it brings back a lot of memories. So I guess it's that thing, is it deciding when you remember and to and to have those moments of reflection and thinking about rather than it always being there and actually almost not noticing because I know that pictures on the wall sometimes I haven't looked at them for weeks yeah. and it's almost worse then because you've just walked past and you've not even noticed yeah, it's... whereas actually if you have somewhere that you can go and you can remember and be surrounded by that person it feels better it feels better and it feels like it's done properly and mm. the children do it's called mummy and nanny's room and the children do their homework in there and the xbox is in there and it's like did you Special all talk place. about it? Yeah, we, well, Rio spoke to the children first and then we all done it together. Yeah. Yeah. Have there been moments where you have felt rejected? I don't now. I feel like we're in a really good place. But at the beginning, I just felt like I was fighting against this force and I just I just couldn't, it just wasn't happening. You know, in everything I'd done, there was people in the house and they'd say, no, 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 you don't make it like that. That's not how Rebecca done it. And I'd be like, but... I'm not Rebecca. Like, I want to be me. And I felt like everyone didn't want me to be me. Right. And me wasn't good enough. And I had really, like, loads of issues. And I was really struggling with anxiety and stress. I was getting really ill all the time. And then I just had therapy. And we just had to get to a moment where I thought, Do you know what? I need to... I can be me and that's okay. And mummy can be mummy. Yeah. And we talk about mummy every day. Do but, you? Yeah, of course. Like, this is a really big thing. It's like, that is the kid's mum. Yeah. Even if I was to go now, I still want them to talk about me. Yeah. And they've got to remember their mum. So we talk about mummy. I, it's funny because I know more about mummy than they do. And they go, how do you know that? And I'm like, I just feel like I knew her. Yeah. It's weird because I feel like I was sent by her. 
at the beginning, everyone compared us mm -hmm. in an unhealthy way. But now I just see as it's hard to explain. But It's really interesting. So while I was prepping for this episode, mm. we haven't done an episode fully on stepmums yeah. before. I found myself getting more emotional doing questions for you than I have about for other people. And I don't look at my questions at all when I'm doing this. And I think a large part of it is I feel that if anything were ever to happen to me, I'd love someone like you to be there for my kids. It's going to make me cry. Do you know what I mean, though? Because I just think we have grown up where this stepmom is this wicked figure who locks a girl up in the top of the room and takes over the house. But actually, I've got a stepmom, and I only last year, she's been in my life for 11 years, and I only last year sort of introduced her as my stepmom rather than my dad's girlfriend. And it's seeing Debbie's reaction to that and how happy that made her. It's something that I hadn't even thought about. But that role of a stepmom is so important. And when it's done well, that's what I would want for my kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think all of us, it's a situation that we hate to think about. But the way that you have put your previous life aside and focused on these kids is just beautiful. Thank you. I imagine when kids are grieving, there must be moments where horrible things are said or things are done and you just have to kind of go with it are there moments where you've had to just keep going because you know that in the end you're there for good you're there to give good and give love and has there ever been moments of like pushing back at the beginning there was quite a few yeah and I feel like the kids were really grieving they're confused you know they miss their mum mm. and I think they were stuck between they loved me yeah. But does that mean they didn't love their mum? Yeah. And that's a part of grief, knowing that you can love both of us and mummy's not going to be upset with that and I'm not going to be upset. And that was a big part. That took quite a long time. But now they're really comfortable with knowing that they love their mum and they love me and that's fine. And we, yeah. we're both strong women in their lives. And I think the important thing is that, like, at home, we're pro-mum. We talk about mum. It's not like mummy can't be spoke about. Yeah. It's like we talk about, we celebrate birthdays, anniversaries, everything. So and you're a part of that as well, aren't you? Yeah. I think some people find this mad, but I love the kids. So yeah. on their saddest day, I need to be with them on their saddest day. And I, I feel I don't like think I know weird. their mum. But I'd... when you say it like that, these children that you love, why would you want them to do that on their own? They can't, yeah. We do everything together. Mm. Remembering mummy and nanny is us as a five, even though I didn't know them, yeah. because we're supporting each other. Was there a moment where you fully felt accepted? It's really mad, because I know the kids love me. I know they love me, but I'm still really insecure about certain things. So it's all going great, and then one might act funny for one day, and I'll go, they don't love me, Rio. And he's like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? But when we were doing the documentary, we met other step-parents, yeah. and they say that step-mums have the most anxiety. You just want them to love you, and they do something little, but because you're not their biological parent, you take it as an offence sometimes when it yeah. isn't. And I still do that sometimes now. Because you care so much. Yeah. And you want to get it right. I just want it to be, this is my problem, I want it to just be perfect. I just want them to be so happy, and that's not reality. You can't be happy mm. all the time, especially when you've lost a parent. Yeah. Talk me through the proposal. Were the kids a part of that? Yeah. Were they? <laughs> Only the day before, I think. Okay. Because they would have slipped up. <laughs> but, yeah, that was so special. Mm. We were in Abu Dhabi, and we were on a rooftop. I sort of had a feeling something was going on because... 
I was moaning because I had my hair done, I had lip gloss on and I didn't know we were going on a helipad. Right. And the wind was stuck, in, my hair was stuck in my lip gloss and I was going, for God's sake. And Tate was looking at me like all stressed out and Rio was, everyone was a bit anxious. I thought, oh no. And then I thought it was going to happen because we were sitting on two chairs and it didn't. And I thought, oh, I'm mm. making this up. Like, maybe I'm wishing this would happen. But yeah, Rio proposed, the kids were there. It was just perfect, really. Yeah. Yeah, really special. And obviously you got married last year. Yeah. How was that? Amazing. Does everyone say that? (laughs) (laughs) It was amazing. I think knowing everything that the kids have been through and Rio and that we've been through as a family. And when I think about the first day that I met the kids. Yeah. That is all I could have ever dreamed of. The boys walked me down the aisle and Tia was my maid of honour. Did they say anything to you before they walked you down? No. (laughs) But they'd done speeches, all three of them at the wedding. The whole room was crying. It was just unbelievable, the kids, to get up and stand up there and just be so happy. Mm. Like, even when I think about their mum or their nan, like, they'd be so happy to see them this happy. That it just, it was amazing, but really emotional. And how has becoming a married couple, how has that changed you as a family? I feel like it's the same. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to have the same name as the kids. Yeah. Because that was always an issue, like, when we're travelling, if I'm taking them on my own... I got stopped quite a few times and then that added a bit of sadness because yeah. I felt detached from them. So having the same surname's nice. It's still mad. They still drive me crazy. But I think I feel a bit more content and a bit more settled. Yeah. But apart from that, it's just a madhouse. And is it weird now looking back to how it was when you first entered the house to now? <laughs> it is really different. Like, even like... The house, like a man lived in the house. Do you know what I mean? They don't take care of the womanly touch. The kids say there's a woman's touch in here and they love it and everything's like done a bit better because men haven't got that touch normally. Yeah. Love you, Rio, but he doesn't. Um, so, yeah, it's so different. I feel finally like it's my home. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Do you prepare yourself for, like, days ahead? 
and the missing women in their lives. I find that like around big days like Mother's Day and their mum's birthday, I am anxious and really worried about how the day's going to be. And it's often not on those days really? that it's bad. It's normally at random points. And I don't really feel like you can prepare. Well, yeah. I don't, you can't really prepare for it. You've just got to ride it out because you, you don't know when it's coming. Uh-huh. I think someone said to me, grief is like jumping in and out of puddles for children. One minute they're in it and one minute they're out. So you never really know. But I think the kids have therapy and constant support. You've just got to be there ready for when it, they are upset and just be there for them, really. I sometimes look at myself and realise that I've become a total bore. (laughs) I just repeat myself constantly. It's difficult kind of feeling like you are lost in the discipline or lost in the constantly telling, nagging kids to do their homework, put their shoes on, fold up their clothes. It's repetitive and you can feel like you're losing yourself almost in that role. Completely. No. (laughs) I feel like I'm losing my mind. I am a clean freak. Yeah. A control freak. And I run a very tight ship. So everything has to be clean in its place. I said to Tia the other day, how many times have you called my name? Because I feel like, (laughs) where has dad gone? It's Kate every two minutes. I'm like, please, I need to change my name, please. She said, I think I've called it about 100 times today. It's just constant. I feel like it's non-stop. Mm. And I do feel like sometimes I go, Ria, I just need to, can I have five minutes in the bedroom? I'm just going to go and sit down for five minutes. Then I get a knock at the door. Hello, Kay. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I need to get, can't even go to the toilet in peace. But that's a weird thing, isn't it? You wouldn't even think it's like a stepmom. There's that invasion of privacy. All of a sudden that's not even private. Uh, no, you can't even go to the toilet. And I think that's something as a stepmom I struggled with. Like when I was lived on my own, mm. I'd just walk around in not much clothes. Yeah. Now all of a sudden I've got three stepchildren. I can't be doing that anymore. And it's even the adjustment of them knocking door, I'm naked, don't come in. <laughs> That's what I do. Or like they walk in and I'm in the shower and Tay goes, oh my God. And I go, walk out, pretend you didn't see it. Because it's just like, it's just crazy, yeah. I don't think there's a minute. And I think that's what before I didn't realise before I was a stepmom. It is non-stop. That's why it's nice for me to get out and do this book and be working so I get a bit of me time and when I get home I've got a little bit more tolerance and Rebecca's family is still a massive part of the kids lives yeah they still see the children it's hard obviously because I had to get to know all of them as well Mm. it's sort of like for a while like I said I felt like I was Rebecca but I'm me because I need to be friends with her friends I need to remember all of her friends children's birthdays but I don't know any of them and it was like overwhelming because I wanted to keep those relationships open. That's another, yeah, I didn't even yeah. think about that because otherwise it's more cutting ties with more people, yeah. less people there for the kids. It's hard, but yeah, obviously Rebecca's family was really difficult at the beginning. It's hard for them to see another woman mm. in the house, in Rebecca's house, especially where I'm in the public eye. A lot of things I envision it's hard for them because it's everywhere, but we've got a good relationship and it, we're building it slowly. Did filming the documentary make you face certain things that you didn't even realise were a universal feeling with other people? I, just, I think me and Rio were really like in our own bubble. Yeah. And we just thought that we we're the only ones going through it. Yeah. And people talk to you like, oh, God, I've had a bad day. And you think, well, you haven't had a bad day. We've had a bad day. And like <laughs> you just become consumed in this life. And we felt like there was no one that understood that we were going through because no one in our close knit did. And just meeting other people in similar situations, it just helped us so much. A lot of the times in the documentary, you go, wow, oh my God, that's how we feel. Yeah. So it's just so good to meet other people and then you just don't feel alone. 
yeah. you know that other people are going through it. Did hearing other people share feelings that you've felt help you address them? And also, did they kind of break you in a way? I, I think I cry a lot in the doc. I was <laughs> emotional. I, I don't know if all of it's in there, but I was... I cried every day that I was filming because I just felt there's so much emotion and you want to get it so right mm. and you're trying so hard to get it right that you're putting all this pressure on yourself but sometimes things do go wrong. We weren't sure if we were doing the right thing or that's why we needed advice from other people because are we doing this right? Are we so caught up yeah. in our own world that we might be making wrong decisions? But we met lots of children at Child Bereavement UK and that had all lost parents and they helped us a lot. Mm. Like they just explained stuff from how a child feels and they gave us advice and it was really emotional. I think the documentary is going to do wonders for so many people because I think it's also that thing of there's happy posts and stuff online but actually what Rio did with the first documentary and what I imagine this one is going to be doing is kind of breaking that down and letting people in and seeing that raw emotion and that it's okay to talk, that we should talk and we can't hide from things that have happened that we need to sort of talk, just share. Yeah, and I, I found, I felt like I couldn't share my life on social media because mm. obviously the children aren't mine and there's a lot of judgment and people think I'm putting the kids on social media and using them and I, I found it really hard to show people what my life is. Like people don't know if I've got a nanny, if I haven't, if I'm a full-time mother and I feel like this documentary we can really show like what we're going through and it will open up that we can talk more and help yeah. other people. Do you think it will help you having people understand you as well? Yeah, I feel like I've quite misunderstood, mm. but then I don't talk about it. So. What do you think is the uh, like the biggest misconception? I just think people just think, you know, I don't work, I've got a nanny, and with Rhea for his money, I'd say, probably. That must be really heartbreaking when it's so tough. I think at the beginning I really struggled with that, like, all the trolls, I wouldn't care if they wrote you're fat or you're ugly, but when they wrote something about the kids or Rio, because I was so trying to make that situation perfect, mm. it really got to me. But now I feel like where I'm more confident in my role and I know we're all happy, mm -hmm. those comments don't really bother me. But it will be nice for people to see what our lives are actually like and for us to help other people as well. Yeah. Is there a sense of until this point, because you haven't shared that much of you know Rio and, and your life with the kids, that it's a difficult role to step into and you don't want to step on people's toes and you don't want to upset anyone, but you are a mother. Mm. Feeling like you're accepted in that role and that people see that. Because like I've said, I think the role of a stepmom is so important and it should be supported and that any any you know type of mother should should be able to, you know, feel like she is heard and feel that, that people can relate to her because we're all going through the same things. Yeah, that is spot on. I feel like being a stepmom doesn't take away from a biological mum. Yeah. Like, you can both be there and you're not trying to take away and I feel like that's something that gets twisted a little bit sometimes. Mm. Like, we're all mums. Yeah. We're just different mums and we're all in different circumstances and that's fine. So I know that everyone's asking you this. Oh, God, what are you going to ask me? <laughs> <laughs> when are you having a baby? Kids, yeah. <laughs> no, is it? I'm not going to ask you about when, but because I know that it is something that you guys have spoken about and would like to happen in the future. I think it's that weird thing of you're navigating your way through motherhood right now and you know how to juggle and deal with this life at an older stage, you know, in life. And then 
newborn stage is going to come along. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to cope. I said to Rio, like once, say if we have a baby, when yeah. they get to five, I'm going to be great. I know what I I'm know doing, this. guys. It's fine. <laughs> but that baby stage, I don't know. I even said to Rio the other day, we're talking. The kids talk about having a baby all the time. Yeah. Tate done a speech, and at the end, he went, "And when's the baby?" <laughs> and everyone cheered in the room. Yeah. But I said, Rio, I've never changed a nappy. And he was like, what? I was like, I haven't had children. And I don't have brothers or sisters. And they haven't, I haven't got nieces and nephews. And he was like, wow. I said, well, you can change them because you've had three. And he was like, I don't think so. <laughs> but it's going to be a big adjustment because yeah. I feel like I know the older stage of being a mum, but not to a newborn. It's going to be really interesting and seeing what the older kids, how helpful they are. Well, Tia's desperate for a little girl and she keeps saying, when we have one, it's going to be a girl. I'm like, Tia, it's 50-50. I can't promise you it's a girl. But she's already, we've got a little friend and they've got a young girl and she keeps going around going, see, I can be a big, good big sister. I can. So she's desperate and she wants to help. And I think they're at an age where they will be able to help. So hopefully, actually, the thing that I worry about is the after-school clubs. Oh, really? Because at the moment, we've got three kids with all after-school clubs on different days. I can't imagine a newborn in the mix. Yeah. And the baby being asleep and me needing to put it in the car to take it to a club. It's more that dynamic that I worry about. You're worrying about the juggle already. Yeah, I am. And I'm not even pregnant, guys. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so it does just overwhelm you, though, all yeah. these things that you've got to think about with the juggle. What sort of an impact do you think having a baby in the house will make? I think it will just bring us all together, mm. tighter, closer as a knit. It's weird because when we're in the house and it's us five... I'm not their mum, but I feel like their mum and we all feel the same. And we're just so I think it's only other people's judgments that make yeah. it feel different. We yeah. don't feel like we're they're your kids. We're, I just feel like they're my children. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's a normal family. It's yeah. only when someone points out, like, have they got chicken pops? And I think, oh, I don't know. And then I remember sort of thing. Yeah. But I think it'll just bring us all closer together. How do you feel looking forward, though? Does it excite you thinking, you know, your family could potentially grow even more, all that love that can be blossoming. It excites me, but it scares me as well. Because mm. I feel like, I know you never have it under control, but I feel like I've sort of got it where I've just started going back to doing a bit of work and yeah. not taking away from family life and it's all sort of under control and it feels good. So to go to that feeling of just like madness again is a bit scary, but excited as well. Yeah. I just love that the kids are asking you. All the time. No, it's getting out of control. It's really funny. Really? We went to the Maldives and they're like, are you going to do it tonight? And I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean are we going to do it tonight? They're like, you know, you're going to you're gonna make the baby tonight. Oh, God, so we haven't done it yet. No, but I'm explaining myself to the children. It's funny. Oh, and you've got teenage boys as well. Yeah, they're the ones asking him. How is it with teenage boys? Because you've got to give me hope here because I've been told that once they get to a certain age, they're no longer going to talk to me. You force them to talk to you. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're sort of like, you can have your time on your phones. Yeah. And you can go in your room, but you have to be down here for an hour at the dinner table, no phones. You've got to force that relationship. Or yeah. like, they enjoy football, so we have to talk about the things that they like yeah. to get talking. I just think you have to adapt it slightly. I love it. You have to be the parent in that situation. Yeah. Take over. I've got to learn about football, really. Have I don't you? know anything about <laughs> you it. You don't know anything. And to be honest, I don't. I'm trying, I'm getting there, but I'm not very good. And football conversations keep happening and I'm just sitting there. So, Was well, that a good way to get to know the kids more, kind of doing things that, you know, interest them? I think this is a really big part of, like, how me and Rio were at the beginnings, mm. that 
every time we went on a date, so if we went on a date, the two of us, yeah. when we come back, we'd be like, we'll do something with the kids. So then the kids would look forward to me and dad going on a date because they knew that when we got back, something fun would happen. Yeah. And I think it was just, you've got to get involved in what they like. Mm. So Rhea's mum, before she passed away, told me what t- what they all liked and I done that and then they like you because you're paying an interest in what they like to do. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a big part really. Yeah. So I've written a book that's out now called Letters on Motherhood. And it's basically a bunch of letters on motherhood is what it says in the title. <laughs> uh, and I was wondering if you could write a letter on motherhood, who would it be to and what would it say? I feel like I'd write a letter to myself when I first came into the family. Really? Yeah. What would you say? Be easy on yourself. It's a new situation. You're going to be okay, but... Not everything is going to work out straight away. Mm. Just be easy on yourself and take time for you because I feel like that's something I didn't do. I sort of got engrossed in trying to be the perfect stepmom and forgot about me when, in fact, if you don't look after yourself, you can't look after the kids properly. So I'd like to say that to myself and just say, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Because I just at stages thought it wasn't. There must have been times at the end of the day where it was just like, that was hard. Because you're not even just going in and trying to be accepted by a a family you're going into a grieving family mm. and and surrounding family members yeah. as well and also Rio is obviously someone in the public eye so people thought I might be in there for other reasons as well there was lots of people that had to accept me and I'd cry most nights I think for a year I might have cried every day no yeah it was it was tough what was the hardest day <laughs> it's all a bit of a blur it just was all felt like one mm. long it didn't seem to stop from the minute I, I went to sleep and then I woke up and it was constant again. It seemed to go on forever. I mean, Mother's Day is a hard day. Mm. I'm the only one in the house with a mum. Yeah. So Rio hasn't got a mum and the kids don't have a mum. And also, I'm a mum. You so are a mum, yeah. So where does that leave me? Because we're grieving for Janice and Rebecca. Do I get appreciated on that day? Do I appreciate my mum on that day? It, it's a hard one Do to find the balance. The first year, no. And I was really upset. And the first year my mum was round and I I didn't know what to do. Do I put the balloons out? Do I not? I don't want to draw attention. It was just really difficult. Yeah. This How year, did you feel on the end of that day when you had I, I was crying my eyes out in bed because I didn't even get a card. And I felt like I put so much into mummy and nanny and doing mm-hmm. everything for them. And I just felt really, really sad. Did, that, did Rio know that you felt that way? He did by the end of the day. <laughs> no, he did the next day, I think, because I was—I remember being in the gym the next day and I was on the cross train and I was crying my eyes out. And he was like, what's wrong? And I said, it's not about the gifts or anything like that, but I feel like I'm working so hard to be a mum to you mm-hmm. lot. And I don't know if you... Am I bad for wanting to have a little bit of love that day, knowing everything you've gone through? It's just a really hard one to find the balance of. Yeah. But last year was different. Really? Yeah. They remembered me and we had a lovely day and I got really cards with lovely writing in and we just had a really special day and we went to the cemetery. I think we go the night before now to decorate it for when everyone else goes yeah. there. And I'm more stressed than the children, I think. The children are okay. Yeah. I am so worried about them. I get so anxious. And what is the worst that can happen? They're going to be sad. Mm. And then they'll be happy after and it's going to be fine. But I think I just worry about them. In those moments where they do show you appreciation and do show you that they are grateful and thankful and that they love you and that they're aware of everything that you do, how does that make you feel? I just want to cry. I think they write cards and I just cry. Really? They write at the bottom, they write at the bottom bit, I hope this made you cry. <laughs> it just makes me feel like it's all worth it. Has it made you more emotional? 
I think I've always been emotional, but there's a lot more emotions because of the situation. So I'm emotional. I could cry at anything, really. I'm really in touch with my emotions. Because it is, it's that thing of allowing them to talk. Because obviously you suffer with anxiety. Do you talk about that with the kids? Yeah, we talk about that. And I think children that are grieving suffer more with anxiety. Mm. They don't know it's anxiety, but they do. And I talk about that. We're really open family. That's one thing that we decided when we all come together, that we be open, we speak, we know how everyone feels. The kids do struggle with that sometimes, but we make them sit down. If there's a problem, we talk about it. They know that I've got anxiety. I don't think they quite understand it. We all get emotional in front of each other. They see me cry. Because I think it's a unique situation and I cry about their mum, they cry about... If they cry, I cry and we all cry and it, we're just really open. Like I say, I think you're doing a wonderful job. And it must be just such a tough role to walk into and wanting desperately to get it right and knowing that you're going to face hurdles along the way must be so difficult. So I think you're doing great. <laughs> Thank you. At the end of every podcast, I ask you to finish three sentences. Okay, here goes. Being a mum means? Everything to me. Everything, yeah. Does it need to be a long sentence? No, that's <laughs> Could fine. it be one Just, word? You were still nodding, so I was like, my gosh, it might carry on, yeah. it's fine. Um, since being a stepmum, I? I've learnt a lot about myself and I've come really far. I'm happy when? When I'm at home with my blanket, the five of us <laughs> and the dog. Thank you. I know it's a difficult um, subject to talk about and to navigate your way through a chat. It's something that has to be spoken about and shared. And so thank you for coming on and just being wonderful. And thank you for having me. 